now been turned into a play which is live at a play yeah yeah live at leicester curve theater okay so basically so yeah well that's the thing he didn't like to be called different yeah. with well, the difference no, that riaz no. was saying there was in the 70s it was hooliganism in the 80s it was casual culture so casual culture was a little bit um not just fucking just beating up whoever. It was more about the clothes, oh, the clubber. Uh, yeah, and it, Stone it, Island. Yeah, it was yeah. more. It was more about just like uh, being in a gang, um, and you, yeah, you have a scrap with the rival, rival uh, fans or whatever. But it's more about. It's more about just sort of. Like it's, more, it's more. It's more than just beating up someone. It's it's more. Yeah, the camaraderie. The, the sort of it's like a game isn't it? it's like a us versus them who wins yeah. do you do you know much about the baby squad then um, I know about that one guy who's got a fucking he just everywhere he goes he's got that what's what, his name Balaclava yeah like a baby squad like, it's literally like a Gary Lineker have you seen Face Up <laughs> 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 have you seen Face Up where you put on a Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, mate. Yeah, fake face. He puts on that, and it's that. Oh yeah, I've seen that. The ba- actual baby mask. Yeah, it's a it? baby yeah, mask. Yeah. So everywhere he goes, so if he's outside and away, put he'll put that on. Be like, Ooh. really? Yeah, that's the thing. Do you know what they got called? Then it kicks off. And then it kicks off. Yeah. Do you know what they got called that? Mm, no. Because like in the eighties, when there was all the gangs, oh, all this the firms, yeah, all, all the all the firms that were. Um, Forming like proper, you know, organised football firms within each club. Apparently, the Leicester what Leicester fans looked really, really young. Like oh, they yeah, were like yeah, yeah. bare, bare young. So obviously, you know, ICF or the Zulus or whoever other football firms, more like fucking rinky old blokes. But then the Leicester one was like proper, proper young guys. Okay. So that's why they get called it. The hardest. Though. Anyway, so yeah, I, baby squads. They're not a big firm, though. Really, are they? I'd say they're the biggest, really. No, but you're yeah. biased because you're a Leicester Yeah, fan. I don't know whether it's it's one of the few I've heard of. Well, have these films become bigger because of the TV film or the like, football factory in Greenstreet? Yeah. Have they made them bigger than what they are? Or? Well, I, I, I spoke no. to Riaz about this. I said, what, A, what do you think of those films that have come out like since the millennium of like about football firms? And he just said, A, they're not very good. B, they're not very accurate. And see the kids that are getting into it now, it's not obviously not the same as, as it was 20, 30 years yeah. ago in the 80s, because it, it just can't be. It's so heavily policed now, you yeah. just can't yeah. get away with anything. You're like shuffling. But they only get into it because they're like, they romanticise about yeah, it yeah, or yeah, like sure. look at those sort of films and go, oh, that's what I want to do. I want to be like that. You see 17 year old lads with Stone Iron that are like, Come on then, come on then, and then yeah, because they're heavy policing, it never amounts to anything. Yeah, so it's yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. They, they, and they they know that they know it's not. Yeah. They know they're not going to have a massive scrap and end up maybe on life support in twelve hours time. 
they just think if I'm wearing the clobber and I'm yeah. you know seen acting hard that then that's enough but there's no real risk like there was plus with the cameras these days they've got the cameras everywhere so you know yeah. you're on film if you do something bad there's what always like a bit of uh, just like pantomime with when you're in the away stand though like but it's just kind of just like heckling each other like flipping yeah, each other off but and that. But the, the, they, like, I've mean, never seen anything much more than that at a football game yeah I no, mean I, because it, it's just better better well or it's like managed now isn't it so mm. there's not going to be that unless it's like infighting between the same fans there's not going to be that much fighting within the stands mm. like, but do you not hear from it because the police don't want it publicised or because it just doesn't uh, happen yeah possibly yeah I, I, I think Cause, it's because they put a cap on it so they don't want people to know it's still happened I just went away and um, I was speaking to a guy that runs a bar in Fulham and so I didn't realise Chelsea actually is right next to Fulham I didn't realise how close yeah. it was so he was running a bar on the strip and he's, he says he knows all the big Chelsea guys wherever he goes he's run a few pubs around that area and he, and he lets them in huh? and he lets them yeah, in yeah well, well I don't know if he's got a choice right <laughs> but he, he was having a drink with his family, so middle-aged guy, young family, and they're having a drink in Fulham. I, I don't know Fulham very well, but they're out in Fulham, and it's lovely. There's some parts of Fulham that are mm. beautiful. Mm. And he's in Fulham, yes, and he out. met Posh. one of these guys, Chelsea headhunter. And he's like, all right, John, whatever his name was, what are you doing down here? I said, oh, we've got Fulham at the weekend. I said, all right, so, so why are you here? I said, can you see any cameras? <laughs> doing like and a tech wreck in the place. Yeah, I look around. around. No, there you go. Jesus. And I was like, is that, is that a story? Or that, is that uh, really happening? Do you reckon it's a bit ego massage? Like, I, I uh, don't know. Just trying to make yourself I think yourself it's the guys that still think, you know, like, you know, I'm still worth my salt sort of thing. So Yeah, I, I, it's definitely not as bad as it was because the media would have got, got hold of it otherwise. Hmm. It's definitely the odd scrap, but I don't think it, like it was... I mean, not that I remember it, but you hear about it or you read about it, you see about it. Like it was in the eighties, it's it's nothing like that. Nah, because um, that's what it was fine with the Russian World Cup because there was no trouble. But then two years before, yeah, you're you're and all the English fans got attacked. Yeah, all those Russian guys were saying that they wanted to create like a new chapter of history yeah. because they, as you said, romanticised of all the like books and all the stuff that's been written about the hooligans before and they wanted yeah. to create a new chapter and be bigger and badder and harder than all those guys. And then all, the, all the English pussies, all them hard boys, they didn't even go to Russia this yeah. year. They were like, they were like, you know what lads, should we just take a year off? I saw it on Facebook, like this football firm page or whatever, it was like, should we not go Russia lads and should we all just go Ibiza instead? It's like... <laughs> Stop would you making know? out that, like that it's anything other than yeah. you know you're going to get absolutely fucked. Yeah, but the biggest trouble from English fans at the World Cup this year was in Benidorm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah actually, I think it was Benidorm. Not they like all kicking off in They all went Benidorm. there instead because they know they're not going to get battered yeah, you know by Russians there. You could kick off. You and then the Spanish police still came in. <laughs> there was no thing on YouTube it? recently. There was an American guy from the the Miami. <laughs> calling yeah, out, that. calling out the was it Chelsea or uh, yeah, he was talk, calling out like the the top boy of one of the Whatever. big big I'm firms. I'm calling you out. I'm calling. He sounded like Rocky Balboa. <laughs> I'm calling you out. I'm calling. 
I never saw any like reply to it, probably because they're like, "What's this guy talking about?" <laughs> but that's America all over, isn't it? Like, isn't it? we want to we want to replicate Appar- that. So now we're going to call these apparently, guys. Apparently, apparently that's David Beckham. Where he's seen, from, they don't even have a football team. He was just trying to like get a firm going somewhere where they don't even have a football team. Trying to get some clicks. Yeah, yeah, and he he just obviously is seen. It's probably like I it blows my mind when like Americans are into soccer or football because oh, I'm like so what what's happened in your life where you're like you're into something that the rest of your country isn't into do you know what I mean like what it's growing now though I'm yeah it, yeah it is but like say so that, if that's like, why I think it was shit that they didn't get in the last World Cup because I think it because they'd, they'd been it. yeah because they'd been doing well like steadily getting better just getting through the group stages then cause and, oh, and then what? and then they didn't qualify well, they didn't so kind of it was like, oh, and yeah they had to know they had to draw against Trinidad and Tobago and they lost one but who's nil. in their group there's no one in Central a, not Central America even no, but that was, that was the that was the result that they needed, and they they lost. But after yeah, but, that, yeah, they must have had eight like, games or ten games before yeah, yeah, that. But to they qualify. were there. It was like a no, they were there. Like Americans are so patriotic, and they're so like we've got our own thing. So they've got basketball, they've got baseball, they've got American football. So they've got three sports that are only really big hockey. in America. Ice hockey and ice yeah, hockey. Yeah, yeah. All sports so that only take twenty seconds of energy. Can I say? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Before that's a timeout, yeah. five minutes of advert. Like, yeah, I, I, I don't like the sports. There's but, no but over there, like they've got so a they're really patriotic. B they've got four very sports that 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 country is very very good at. And yet there's someone that goes, you know, I'm going to direct all of that. I'm going to go watch this Europe sport that's very big in Europe and South America. Like they, I, think I don't know, they've got to be a bit of a weird guy to do that. I don't know. Yeah. Like, have you seen the football chants that they do? No, where it's like you know, obviously over here it's like your shit, fuck you, bro. Over there, there's like some guy going, oh yeah, he's like, he's like come on, New Orleans, fight and win. <laughs> like it's just like they're trying to do like that laddie football chant banner, but. When it's an American replicating it, it just comes across as so fucking weird. Yeah, you yeah. see some jets flying over. Yeah, yeah. and like you know, when you associate sort of like <laughs> terrorist culture, it's like some big ugly skinhead British guy eating a pie in fucking match. Mm. Over there, it's like some skinny little scrawny guy from Seattle. But they've probably watched Green Street and they've probably watched those films, so that's what they think it's about. Yeah, I, I, I just find Americans weird. Actually, on the subject of Americans, it's it, a big subject. <laughs> I, but some Americanisms that have been really been fucking pissing me off recently. Collard greens. Have you heard of collard? Is greens? it like like, like uh, broccoli, or is it like? I cabbage? think it's like kale. But just the, have you ever heard that net word been used over here? Ha- not Should here. I've heard it. No collard. So C O double L A R D. I thought it was collard, like as in. A collar with a pa- like past tense. Collard greens. Collard greens. Sounds like it should be Brussels sprouts. It's just a word that really fucking annoys me and it reminds me of America. What do you have it with? It, it's like, <laughs> oh, like roast chicken and collard greens. Yeah, like, it's a Where sign. Where have you heard this? Honestly, it's a big thing in America. Yeah. Like, they eat collard yeah. greens. I've heard of it before. So what is it? Directly. It's like, it's, I, I think it's, quite, I think it's quite similar to like kale or spinach. There's but another one. other ones. Is cilantro. Like. It's coriander. That's yeah, not American, yeah, yeah, is it? Yeah, that is. Cilantro. Cilantro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it really annoys me that they call a tap a faucet. A faucet. 
Oh yeah, another one. That one syllable. They call coleslaw just slaw. Like, can I get a fucking burger with some slaw? I don't know, like coleslaw, I've got no problem with. But when you just take the coal out and just call it slaw, drives me fucking mad. And then hoagie. Hoagie's, hoagie's like a, like a, a hot dog, isn't it? Oh, is it? Huh? No, no, they is call it like that a dog. Because that's, that's, that's running into just like got Central annoying and South America, where everything. they're trying to be America. So there's like hot dogs. Is a hoagie like everywhere. a sandwich? Because the guy from. Hoagie? Spoiler alert, the guy from the Jinx gets nicked for nicking a hoagie from a shop. It, it's like a big sandwich, like I think. Like a subway. Like yeah, yeah, like a baguette, baguette sort yeah, of one. Yeah. But they call it a hoagie. Oh, it drives me. F- I just hate Americans. <laughs> I hate their names for everything. Yeah. What else, Steve? Yeah, sub is another though. So can just call it a fucking sandwich, man. I feel sorry for them. You feel sorry for Americans? Yeah, I mean, they've just got no identity. They don't know where. That's where they don't know what they should be and what they shouldn't be. Like, I think it'd be very hard work know, coming yeah. from that because you want to be patriotic, but. You, you realise have got any history. Yeah, I've got yeah, no yeah. history, so how can I be patriotic? Yeah, same so thing. Gonna... Same thing. They're like, so what? They're, they're patriotic, but you could be like your ancestor was Irish, and they'd still yeah. tell you that they're Irish, even though they're like sixteen yeah, generations yeah. removed. So that's why, yeah. if you win an American sport, you're world champion. You're not just like, <laughs> yeah. American. Like, yeah. If you're champion right, of baseball, world series. Like, world series. It's like <laughs> how, how many other teams took part? Well, America. just that's from America. <laughs> <laughs> you're not world champion. Oh well, okay. Right? They are weird. I, I That's went, the one big. I went about a year and a half guy. ago uh, to Boston, and they they are weirdly patriotic. Like where they think well, every- Irish in Boston, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah, but like the people I met, they weren't all like everyone. I, every, to be fair, everyone I met were like, "What part of Ireland are you from?" Because they heard an English accent. I'm not from anywhere yeah, in yeah. Ireland. I'm, I'm from England. But they just assume because you're in Boston, you've got an English accent. Yeah. You've got to be from Ireland. And say that to an English, an Irish yeah, person. That's just their ignorance, though, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. That's but just their yeah. American ignorance. The whole thing is so messed up. When they did this test, um, <laughs> can you tell us, like, people, I can't remember the show, but they come in and, right, world map, where's England? Where's Australia? Uh, Where? yeah. And they're just oh, like, I know it's missing. People miss, can live their whole miss, life miss America. and never leave America, whatever it is. Miss, oh, really? Like, they Geography is like. is shocking. Yeah. But they're not they're not taught anything outside of America. Their it's Middle like, East is right, like this is Oregon. this is where you're yeah, <laughs> this is where you're from, this is the rest of the country. Yeah. God bless America. And for such a powerful And that's a geography country. class. Yeehaw, F fourteen yes. three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fucked man, like yeah. I've cool. I don't know. I've I feel I've got a love hate relationship with a country because like there's so much great TV and music and whatever films and they helped out us out once and they, yeah. yeah they did have, yeah they, yeah, did they came that. in at the last moment to just the, in time though yeah. let's be fair yeah, like, we were going to win anyway ample, <laughs> they had ample opportunity to come in at the end of the day <laughs> we won because of Russia like so many of them died in the fucking Siberian I mean uh, yeah. you know snowstorms what, that's that how we won show. what's it Oh, no, see. have you seen the recent series though? Like World War Two in colour. That yeah, that's oh, that fucking Netflix, amazing. Yeah, really? Amazing. Why is it in colour? Amazing. 
because it makes it relevant in this yeah it doesn't mean in black and white it's like see he's got black and white it happened too long ago see he's got a suntan you know it's the exact same thing happening it's not black and white wearing fucking different colours uniforms that's how you tell you know what so you need to know who's wearing what uniform to fucking work out the world war like what do you Scots. mean? You'd be, what if you were firing? You'd be like, "Do you look Russian?" I'm not quite sure. Bang, uh, yeah, guys, but they're not looking in black and white, right? are they? Oh. No, of course not. <laughs> but we are now. <laughs> <laughs> we are no, now. actually, think people in the forties like had black and white. No, vision, no, no. There's, a, there's a famous commentary in there. That, like, I've forgotten what game it is. For those who are looking in black and white, this team's in red and white stripes. <laughs> But no, yeah, there's like so many big battles in that fucking. I don't understand how, if we're going to talk about it, how Germany, with however many people they've got, I know it's bigger then, but how did they defend that whole thing? Mm. Just, I mean, we're talking so about they took on the whole world, but all right. Yeah, but still, going all the way over Europe, unless every single army bowed down and said, all right, you can have our army now. How did they have so... It's like the whole That's nation must have been in the army. Yeah. Because no, they just spread happened. out so far. That's what happened. So they go right, they Poland, were too far spread, like, but... You can, either do, you can either fight us or you can join us. That was, that was the thing. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm so shit. Are you not? So who joined them then? Italy joined them. They, they were annoyed. The parts, uh, parts, say, of, parts was, of Poland. Yeah, was parts of Japan joined them. Walked away yeah. through all, Japan walked yeah, their own no, no, Japan did, They didn't join yeah, them. No, they, they, were like, no, yeah, but they, they, were on, saw, they were on Germany's side. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, 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 no. They had their own issues. And they were like, well, while Germany fucks them up that side, we're going to just nail on this side. Oh, okay. Right, so they were just like... And China just bowed down, which nowadays sounds ridiculous, but... Yeah, when you actually watch, watch this series, watch, watch it's amazing. Amazing. I've been watching that it's Vietnam amazing, one on it? Oh, that I've heard so much about me. that. That's so like, much about that. Yeah. That's like 24 hours worth of footage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like content. I've heard Pretty so much about that. And well, shit that. got fucking real in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah the Americans nuts. were fucked up there as well. They were saying that. Well, it's basically the Americans. Oh, yeah, that's basically what the whole documentary is about. The Americans got in too deep, couldn't get out at this point. Everyone was on drugs. Yeah. yeah, they were in all the nails, heroin, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, growing right there. Yeah. You fucking sat in the trench. What the fuck are you gonna do? Yeah, like, well, fuck it. <laughs> pass me that shit. <laughs> Cheap as fuck over here. So well, it's free if it's in the field next door, <laughs> isn't it? What did me more than anything about those series was actually hearing about how bad we were. Like when you're in school, when you're growing nothing. up. Oh, no, that's whoa, what you think. Whoa, 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 oh, we bro. we yeah, were so we fucking. We were politically up. correct. We didn't do anything. Actually, Britain instigated just going and bombing German mm. cities with no military no, significance. No, no, no. Mm. Yeah, yeah, no, no, they were. No, we, we took a back seat and didn't do anything. For it's because they bombed Coventry. For whatever reason, we stood up for Coventry. You ain't bombing Coventry, right? Now we're <laughs> no, going to no, fuck no. you so, up. So basically, there was. So <laughs> when, when the Coventry fans were here the other day, setting up flares oh, and all the fucking boys were out. No, so when so when they were advancing, there was there was so many stages when England and Britain and Britain. Yeah, sorry. Are you still Britain. talking about the Vietnam War? <laughs> no, no, no. World War Two. There were so many stages when so like we had no fucking we... dog in that fight, but. All right, you're no, no, there were so many stages where we could have intervened, but we were too a little bit scared, a little bit apprehensive. At the start, yeah, but there was a lot of stages that were like we didn't do anything. 
and again we didn't do anything, and again we didn't do anything, and they oh, yeah. Germany like took over everyone Poland, thinks took it's over Poland. Blah, 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 Germany blah, blah, took yeah. over Poland, then we got involved. Nah, years before we, that, yeah, we had They're chances over, to get involved, what, Czechoslovakia like, and somewhere exactly, else, somewhere yeah. else, and we didn't action because yeah, we were too nothing. scared. And it's then, then all of a sudden Churchill was like, right, fuck this, go and bomb Dresden because that has no military significance at all. And millions of Germans died on one night or something. Uh, yeah, that was only a reaction, though, for when they... Because they, they... Bomb Coventry. Like, <laughs> yeah, wow. <but> Coventry. <laughs> you bomb Coventry! We yeah, bomb Coventry! Life for life! Life for life! Eye for an eye! <laughs> no, but it was because their <laughs> bombing was so inaccurate, so they just, like, carpet bombed. Yeah, but you can't go for London and hit Coventry. I mean, that's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> was, was it Coventry Honestly, was a manufacturing hub or it something? Was, yeah, like it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was. But I think, but no I think honestly knew. that's a so positive that was, for us now. Like we wouldn't want Coventry obviously Coventry would have won the league a couple so of years ago be like, yeah, if they had been bombed by the Germans. <laughs> <laughs> Coventry would have won the league. That put them a few years behind Leicester. <laughs> Ranieri would have gone to Dresden. Uh, no, we're talking Coventry. about sixty years. Coventry, Dresden. Who knows what would have happened? Poor Dion. They should have acted way before, and then the Americans just came in at the end and fucking. Took, took the glorious shot, yeah, but did, yeah. that was just as we were cowering and coming yeah, back we, to we Britain. won because they all died in the fucking Siberian fucking nah it's not as simple storm, as that there was, there was so many like little battles like if, Mother Nature the Russians, won that war and, more than anything yeah, yeah. just snow, at the right snow time had, snow the channel like was huge, fucked up huge, so the Germans deal. lost track in the water and yeah, but there was in war. The, in, there was war in the air. There was war in the trenches. War in the, with well, the tanks and everything. Yeah. There was like I thought you were going to quote Churchill. Then. Oh, I was close to it. Yeah. So you've made Go enemies. On. Say it. My Do favorite, you know? my favorite Churchill quote is: "So you've made enemies. Good. That means you've stood up. You've stood up for something." That's what he said. Wasn't there a gay? Really it's not gay. That's good. That is, man. Like you can't please Churchill. everyone. Yeah, that's that, was. That guy's stood a, up for something. He's a psycho like, as well. What do you mean he's a psycho? He's a psycho, right? He's fucked. Why? He, he, like, just he didn't he's... agree to the war. He got fucking laid with it and then he had to deal with it. Yeah, he but you've heard the, the other quotes he said about other fucking people. Didn't he call like all Indians like animals or something? I think I, I vaguely remember something about that, to be fair. Yeah, he ain't a nice guy, man. He just did well at winning a war. Doesn't mean you're. We did well at winning the war. Yeah, but it's like casual, like no, right? Okay, yeah. You know what? He put historically he put Giroud up front and he won the war. (laughs) (laughs) He scored at trick and he won the war. No, but like yeah, historically that's amazing for you know for what it did. But it don't mean he's a nice guy. I'm saying he's a guy. nice guy. He, he wouldn't he want to be a granddad I don't like Farage very much, but... Carpet bomb blitz. <laughs> Indiscriminate. Christ. We're going off at angles, eh? Yeah, big yeah. angles. Right, so, yeah, uh, so let's probably wrap this up before... So uh, you want to do an intro? Before Joe does a fucking Heil Hitler. <laughs> I thought you were going to stand kill. up and do it. I see <laughs> uh, Right, so we are cutting into Riaz Khan. Um, it was filmed... Not filmed, because we don't have a camera, we've got a voice quarter. Uh, it was da- recorded about a week ago at 
Chutney Ivy. Shout out Chutney Ivy in Leicester. Chutney Ivy? Yeah, it's right by the curb. Oh, You've been there? Yeah, banging restaurant. I've never great been, I just curry. used it to record it. Unbelievable curry. All right, shout out Chutney Ivy. Thank you for that. Their mango us. chutney is banging. Is that why it's called Chutney? Apparently so. Right, shout out Chutney Ivy for letting us use their basement to record the interview with Riaz. Uh, Riaz has still got his show till 6th of October at the Curve in Leicester. So when this goes out, there'll be like a few days left. So go and check it out because it's sick. Uh, Memoirs of an Asian Casual. Uh, Right, have a nice one. Peace. Bye. So it, that's essentially it. It's just cool. gonna, you know, what well, you got about an hour? Yeah, approximately. Yeah. Yeah. I Is mean, that enough? Yeah, that's that's fine, mate. Uh, Is we, that the 80s mustache you've got going? Ah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it comes and goes, man. I just never know what to do with it. Sorry, man. No, right. yeah, it's, it's like Gary Oldman mustache, yeah, ain't it? The more comedy, the better. <laughs> but yeah, no. Thanks for coming down. Um, cool. So two days, right? Yeah, it's, I'm shitting it. It goes right. Is that okay to say that? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I'm yeah. shitting More it, swearing the better. More because you know what it is? I don't, swear, I don't swear that much, but um, no. the thing is, I've got to go on stage, and my mates are going to be sitting there, and if I take one look at it, I'm going to freeze or crack up, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've got to do a cameo at the end, so I'm really crapping so, it. Talk, is it, talk me, is it, the play, does it start from you as a, as a youth? It starts from, teenager? It's, basically it starts from an incident we had with the ICF in 1987. Right. That's sort of the, the beginning of it. It's not like a focal point. That's the beginning of it. And then from there... But that's it's a turning point in your life. No, 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 no. Okay. No, it just starts with the ICF because I was an ambush. We ambushed them near the train station on New Walk back in uh, 1987. I think it was April 1987. And uh, what happened was it goes back into time. Oh, okay. When my dad first came to this country where he was with the Pakistani Navy. Right. And how he jumped ship. And it was a Commonwealth then. So basically you could get, if you was part of the Commonwealth, you get a passport because he jumped ship, didn't know the score because mm-hmm. being, you know, from a village, he yeah. didn't the rules and regulations of the Commonwealth. So he jumped ship yeah. thinking I'll do a runner and he worked and lived and paid his bills and everything without any government handouts. So he got immediately got six years, for five years after he got a passport, he immediately got passport because right. he was self-sufficient. He'd have no benefits or anything. A year later, he went to Pakistan. Well, Kind of got married to my mum, mm-hmm. brought her over when she was like 17 years old. Mm-hmm. So, because you know, she was quite young, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And she was in, in an alien society, no, never seen a black man before. Saw a black man, she dropped a bottle of milk, screamed, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> the wow. bottle of milk, you just get bottle yeah, yeah. milk, just get delivered to your doorstep, yeah, didn't yeah. It? There's little glass ones, Kirby and West, whatever it was. And uh, the neighbor, one of the neighbors said, You're right there, love, in a deep Jamaican accent. She turned around. Leicester? Leicester. So they, they as soon as they arrive, yeah. Leicester, and that's, straight away Highfields on Eggington Street. Right, okay. Yeah. So, and you. Born and bred, that's why I was born Eggington Street. Near so you, you, Park. You've sent, spent Live, your whole life in Leicester? Yeah, I'm, obviously I've worked abroad every, every year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've always lived in Leicester, yeah. What do you think of the city? It's changed a lot. It was horrible in the 60s, 70s and 80s. Well, I was a kid in the 60s, but it was horrible in the 70s and then the early 80s, but then it became much, much better. But now I think it's... No, Leicester's quite good. It's not... People say it's multicultural, but I don't think it is, to be honest with you. 
I think it's more that we live side by side. Mm-hmm. It's not like a melting pot of cultures. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. a salad bowl. Yeah. We have like an area, unique... area of these guys, area of these guys. Yeah, that's what's becoming now. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Avocados there. Yeah, the tomatoes there, the avocados <laughs> there, but they're all together. <laughs> yeah. If you take one out, it doesn't matter if you eat it, it still tastes nice. Yeah. But if you have it all together, it t- tastes nice, doesn't it? Yeah. We're not a melting pot of cultures like people want to assume or they say we're multi- melting pot bollocks. It's not. It's not, it's just a salad bowl with different flavours. I think it's more accepting than, I mean, living in Leicester, London, now Nottingham. The casual racism I come across in Nottingham, man. I didn't, it's not something I've noticed when I was in Leicester. No, you don't. Just just out and about, it's just, I'm just like, what you, I mean, living in London where everyone's pretty, you know, well, the people are quite liberal, they're, it's cosmopolitan. Like out, cosmopolitan. Yeah. It just wouldn't it wouldn't fly, and, he, and I've never noticed it in Leicester either. But no. it's just I, I don't know. Maybe it's my personal. No, no, no Leicester's but, great. Look, look up after nine eleven. There was no instance of yeah. any sort of you know attacks or racism or no extremist behaviour. Then seven seven happened. Nothing happened after that. Mm-hmm. If you go to other towns like in Luton or parts of Manchester or Nottingham or whatever, yeah. you hear about attacks. Yeah, you know, yeah. you don't hear about that in Leicester. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Because, but that's a great thing. Because we all work together. And they have a multicultural city yeah, as well. Like they are. Yeah, yeah. But we all work together, don't we? I mean, if you go to work in a hospital, you got all races working in mm-hmm. hospital. Yeah. You go work in a school, all races work in a school. You go in a factory, all races work in a factory. And I think that's what great about Leicester. We all sort of get on with it, mm-hmm. even though we're not. We might not be like a melting pot. We all yeah, live side we're not by side. Fully don't integrated, we? but yeah. everyone just. We do have races in Leicester, thing. but they seem to hold it down yeah. for now. Yeah, yeah. you exactly. know what I mean. I've seen the. Um, I was walking through town not long ago, and I, and I saw some of the like, EDL guys in the town, like doing some. I don't know. What it's never that big here, though, is it? It's, it's well, recently. Like, no, nah, maybe like two years ago, to be fair. But Tommy Robinson was there. Um, no, that's Britain first. Paul Golding. Oh, was I approached it? him. Yeah, yeah, I've I seen that video. Oh, yeah. I approached. It wasn't Tommy Robinson. It was Paul Golding. Yeah, about ten of them. Is he in jail now. Well, he's no, always, he seems to be in and out. Yeah, he's he's up caught I think Thursday, but uh, it was Paul Golden. Yeah, I've seen you. You interviewed. Yeah, him I, I time, went. Didn't you? I approached him and I thought, let me have a first idiot. You know what I mean? Uh, I had him up. I ran circles around. He couldn't even answer any of my questions. He yeah. shut my eyes afterwards and goes, "I'll meet you. We'll have a talk." He never did. Took my number and everything. Didn't contact really? me. Yeah, because I mean, you know these knuckle draggers. You can rip their arguments to shreds. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can. Yeah. The new one. Tom Robinson's a bit more. There's like memes out there of like what was it the. Uh, <laughs> The Muslim ray guns. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> invading spiders, Muslim spiders. Now the <laughs> storm alert, Muslims are taken over from the storm. And, oh, so yeah. stupid. And people are so daft they believe it. Yeah. The, new, the new one, I feel, I mean, there was that thing with Trump where he retweeted Britain first, so it got a bit of exposure oh, yeah. then. But they seem to be out of the way a bit yeah. now. And the new one, which I know you've done a sort of... Um, a response to is the football lads. Yeah, we've football got football lads association, and yours is the FLAF, yeah, right? Yeah, oh, we've got a march on the old October the thirtieth because a lot of casuals now. Because in the eighties, look, the casual movement broke down all the racist barriers, racial barriers See, I to, broke yeah, everything I to ask down. You about this, because my my not ever being a part of it, just sort of. Have well, you got the stone on top. Yeah, of yeah, I've got a stony top <laughs> on. You know, I'm, a, I'm a fraud. I'm a fraud. And you've got, you got your Reeboks on, yeah, Cassis yeah. on. So I don't know. Your Puma socks on as well. So you're halfway there, mate. You know what I mean? I, I have a, I have an interest into the casual. <laughs> and you got the moustache because you said moustache. <laughs> yeah, but I haven't lived it. I haven't lived it where really. you've lived it. I, I, I'm probably you know people my age. How old are you? Young, no, you're, I'm 29. It's younger than me. I, I see him about, but it's not. It's, it's not, not same. Not like it was, was no. it? It's so policed. You can't. You can't do anything. But now the, the casual culture now has been hijacked by the right wing. Mm-hmm. 
In the 80s, we have blacks, Asians and whites in Leicester and in other towns. <laughs> I think Birmingham, Luton. Do you think that's like. more of a personal experience where, because, for, yeah, from my knowledge, um, 80s casual culture, football hooliganism was still, you had, you know, the... Uh, the national guard for the Chelsea guys. Their first black player, Paul Cannaville, booing him. Yeah, you know, bananas at him. And all exactly. That so to me, um, for my base knowledge, that's from the seventies. That was. Is it yeah. okay? Right. That's because it was scared called Joe's national front. And, right. You know the British national point. You had Enoch Powell spewing and Margaret Thatcher saying we're going to be swamped by immigrants well, and blah blah blah. And, getting into the eighties, you think it became a bit yeah, more welcoming. If if you wear the right clothes, you sport the right team. And you study you, ground, yeah. look apart. They'll accept walk, you. Walk, talk, talk. If you assimilated, not integrated, mm-hmm. if you assimilated, you became like everybody else, like the casuals, then you was accepted. Right. You know what I mean? So with this casual movement, a lot of lads from Highfields, Asian lads joined. There was a couple of Asian lads that were already in it before we all sort of got into it. They were a little bit older. And uh, so when we got into it, it was, it was like... It was a little bit difficult at first because you still had idiots, you know, from Braunston and New Parks that were a bit racist. But I was going to say, did you, did you have people in yeah. the firms that were like, what's yeah, yeah. he but doing? No, it wasn't Baby Squad initially. It was, it was the guys who were just like, the idiots, I call them divs. Right. It wasn't so much the Baby Squad. There were some members of the Braunston lot who didn't like, didn't like Asians. Right. No doubt about it. You know what I mean? But uh, it's like working in a factory. You get an influx of immigrants coming in the factory and all the workers thinking, what are these lot doing here? Yeah. But then eventually... They realised they they'd get on with their same, work and they were working the together. Things. Yeah, they all got the same problems. Exactly. The same. That's how it was with the casuals. Right. And that's what broke down all the racial barriers and the rape scene did as well. That even broke it down even more because it's all about love, weren't it? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Fair enough. Oh, I mean, but now like I say, let me go back to sorry, the, the point I was making. Point, yeah. The 80s was a focal point of racial harmony. Now look at the casual movement. Now it's not. It's mostly white lads working class white lads who have attached themselves to groups like the EDL mm-hmm. the FLA the FLA what it's called so they've got that right wing element now a lot of it a lot of it's about the right wing if you look at any football crews now the youngsters they're made all white lads mostly you never but, see any black face or Asian faces would you say I, I, I mean personally I feel from what I what I've uh, seen on the you know on news and the media their main their main issue is Islam they're Islamophobic yeah. Because um, I, ha- I have seen sort of marches where it's the EDL and they, they've got like their their black token guy. Look, he's with yes, us. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, yeah. That's why we're not. We can't be racist because this guy's with us. <laughs> we all just have a problem with Islam. Do you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? That seems to be their their that's focal a, point. That's the just the underlying racism. That's the yeah, flag. Yeah. They just they just say that they're not racist. But once you got rid of Muslims, who they're going to target next? It has to be some bogeyman. Yeah. They always have to be a bogeyman. Yeah, yeah. Just so that's a that's a facade. Facade, sorry, not facade. It's a facade just to let them spew out their hatred and racism. You know what I mean? If you ask any of those guys, do you like Pakistanis? They'll probably say no. Because most majority of Pakistanis are Muslims. Do you like Turks? No. Do you like Somalis? They'll definitely say no. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not about Islam, it's about colour. Mm-hmm. They just use Islam as an excuse for their own racism. Do you know what I mean? Now, if Islam was, if it was all white guys or Muslims, it wouldn't be a problem. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you, you see that like with white Muslims like Benzema and you know like nobody ever like yeah. they're never ever facing issues Hazard, like that. Chelsea yeah. player, no one says yeah. anything to him. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Even uh, right, yeah. Ro- uh, what was his name? Uh, the French player. Uh, I can't say his name now. Robbie, no, oh, I can't say his name. I forgot, I forgot his name anyway. Ribery, Frank Ribery. Ribery, yeah, yeah, Ribery. Yeah, 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 no one says yeah, anything yeah. to him about it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you absolutely. And right. they say, "Oh, we, how can we be racist? It's the, a religion we have. A, 
we have a problem with, but then they'll they'll assume someone of a certain colour. You have because you've got a, a beard yeah. and you're brown. Yeah. You're Muslim. It's like I'm not a Muslim. I'm a Sikh. That's <laughs> a funny thing. They say anti-Semitism is what. It's in fact racism. They're against a Jewish community, a Jewish race, yeah. a Jewish yeah. religion. So why is it? Why is that different to being mm. anti-Muslim? It's basically, I mean? basically like saying Hitler wasn't a racist because he had a problem with Jewish people yeah. and Jews are religious. It's just, it's, I, it's just a stupid way around it of getting yeah. getting out that word of yeah. you can't call me racist. Yeah, um, when they really are. Yeah. What makes me laugh? They say we haven't got a problem with Muslims. We've got a problem with Islam. It's like me saying I haven't got a problem with racists, but I've got a problem with racism. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, the racism not, is all right, but yeah. racism... Oh, yeah, you get what I mean. Can't it's be doing daft. that. <laughs> There's no logic in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They contradict themselves. They're bloody idiots, to be honest with you. But so, it's uneducation. That's, they're, just, they're uneducated. They believe what people spew out there. They don't talk to Muslims. They just see it on TV. Yeah, they're all terrorists. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know, sort of thing. You know, Listen to some idiots that are spouting that crime. says, kill all non-Muslims and kill this and do this and do that. And they don't go and speak to us face-to-face and say, is that what you believe in? No, they just believe anything that's on the radio or the TV or whatever, you know, blog or whatever. Or video that went yeah. yeah, exactly, you know what I mean? take out the context. The thing is, there's three million Muslims. If one person does something stupid as a Muslim, we all get the blame for it, yeah. Yeah. which is daft. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. Do you know what I'm saying? We all get the blame. We all get the blame for it. Look, in the... Um, so I'm waffling, you know. No, 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 no. <laughs> In um, Adam Rock the other day, that traffic warden got battered yeah. by those yeah. waste men, road men. People blame Islam for that. What the frig's that called of Islam? You know what I mean? Is this roadmen, you know, gangster wannabes, filled in the flipping tax drive, uh, tax drive, filled in the traffic water, nicked his motorbike, hey, well, look at the Muslims, look, it's the Muslims. What the hell's not doing with Muslims? It's yeah. just young lads who are just, you know, out what, for an earner. Isn't it? You know what I mean? Class, not got a lot going for them. Got nothing going for them. That's how it was in the 80s. Mm. I think it's, with the casual course, it was about belonging because we had nothing going for us. We had no jobs. We had, there was no youth clubs. Margaret Thatcher was like a flipping iron witch, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So the only thing we had was this football thing. That's what bonded us together. Now I can see that coming back, how lads attach themselves to gangs. It's about belonging, isn't it? I mean, it's Lack definitely not as prominent as it was um, nowadays, the whole casual culture. But what do you think is getting them into it now? Films. This uh, maybe the parents talking about how the old days were. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's like the mod scene. Remember the mods in the sixties? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if your dad would probably. I don't know, but no, you the sixties. <laughs> <laughs> in I the sixties, yeah, no mod. <laughs> My dad has a similar story in a way to you as well. Like how he came straight. He he was born in Africa. And Uganda. Grew, my dad was Ugandan or Kenyan. Uh, Kenyan. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, I think there was some civil war in India and then they had to come to England and then my dad moved straight into Leicester and I think during that time it was like quite a lot of that was happening at, yeah. that, at that point wasn't it it was yes in the 70s yeah what's the point I was making I forgot so what's that There's point what, what is it that what's, what is it that's getting kids into it now do you think it's just uh, romanticising the olden right. days of- it's like the mods in the 60s the kids I went to school with in the late 70s early 80s they all said yeah the mods, the mods, the mods came back in because of a film called Quadrophenia. Yeah. So yeah. their parents say, yeah, when we was mods, we used to do this, we used to go around the seaside and beat the grebos up and have massive, massive balls with grebos. Mm-hmm. So at school, you had mods, you had grebos. So it's like, it's like history repeats itself. And the same with big the casual grebo film. movement in Leicester, wasn't there? It was. That was a massive. big thing in Leicester. And they, they all stunk as well. To be honest <laughs> <with you. laughs> 
I'm not joking. This it's kind of like it was like chabs and grungers. What, what yeah, we grungers had going on yeah. as teenagers, chabs and grungers. It was mods and grubos. Right, yeah, similar sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, and yeah. they'd have Pacelli or they have these like real bad smell around them, and um, <laughs> and they wouldn't change the jeans. They're just real stinkers. You know what I mean? Smelly big black boots. <laughs> that's how they were. That's the, that long hair. Yeah. You know, just yeah. anyway. It's like the kids would talk about the mods and the rockers how they was in the sixties. Even the Tay Boys came into fashion at one time at school when I was a kid. Yeah. So it's like because the parents talked about when they were rocking. Teddy boys. Yeah, Teddy Boys fifties. Yeah. Up until the sort of mid sixties, Teddy Boys were. Right. And um, their parents or grandparents would tell their kids, "Yeah, we used to be Teddy Boys," and that came into fashion for a little while. The Rockabilly Rebels and the uh, yeah, everything has a, everything has a revival. Yeah. So same with the casual scene. It's like their parents probably telling their kids because I'm I'm a father myself. I'm fifty two now, so yeah. most of the casuals are about my age. So. Basically, um, they're probably telling their kids who are 20 odd years old, yeah, we was casual, we used to dress Adidas trays and feeder tops and, you know, mine jumpers and Stoneline jackets and whatever. And the kids are probably, yeah, yeah. And they what jump do, on it. What do you think to the movies that have come out about it? Shit. Yeah. The firm was okay. The, the firm was the, spot. The original one. The original one was good, but they had no. That was Gary Oldman, the original one. That was great, one, but, it? but there was no dress sense. Yeah. But the new one that came out, Nick Loves yeah, the firm, yeah. is brilliant. It's spot I've on. seen that. I, yeah, I thought it was like. But what else was a bit of Green Street and nah, Football Factory? Nah. I just thought they were Entertainment, rubbish. but just. I thought. It wasn't I, like that. I mean, I thought my biggest issue with the Football Factory one with Danny Dyer was it just glorified it too much. Yeah, it did. I, there were so many lads at school that were just going, that's my favourite film, that's what I want to get into. Uh, it didn't show the ugly the side of it. of it. Yeah, it was, you know, was like ugly. the last line of it is Danny Dyer going, of course I'm going to do all this again, it's, it's my life. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just thought, it, it, you know, they know their audience. It's gonna be, it's gonna be impressionable teenagers. But having said that, which I want to, something I did want to ask you is, do you, it, do you think there's a case for as long as long as if everyone knows what they're in for, and the only people that are getting hurt are the people involved, is it such a bad thing? That was that's what it was like in the eighties. We don't attack those casuals that look like us. But there were idiots that was with us that attacked the scoffers. Yeah. You'll always get that, that bunch, those bunch of divs that would go attack the normal fan. Yeah, yeah. The guy but that's just going to watch his team. He's not, impre- yeah. not interested in it. Yeah. you always get so the yeah, idiots. Yeah, that, that's the problem. Yeah, that's the problem. When you in get a head, large I'm... group of people, you always get the idiots that are attached to it. You know what I mean? That might go and attack an innocent bystander, not yeah. an innocent fan. you always get that element of it. But if it's pure casuals, and there was a bunch of pure casuals and they wanted to fight each other, as long as they don't smash any buildings or they don't as long as no one gets killed yeah. as long as they respect there's as long as there's of, no weapons as long as yeah. there's no innocence involved in my head I'm like is it you know it, it's just it's a way to it, vent it's like your street aggression fighting, yeah, really. it's people vent your aggression isn't it yeah but, I, in my, I'm sort of I do I do sit on the fence like I sit on the fence a lot yeah it's the best way of asking <laughs> questions <laughs> but, uh, but I think it, the Russian thing and the Polish thing we see when they go into fields and stuff, I think that's a bit OTT, yeah. that's a bit, that's, that's rough. That's too rough. But it is, it is well, like disciplined in the sense yeah. that it is only fierce. They will only turn up gloves and gumshoes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, like, fair and place, they leave their, they leave them alone. Once they're on the floor, they leave them alone. Yeah, don't yeah, they? yeah. And then sometimes they get back up and just try and jump yeah, on yeah. like one by one. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. I remember, uh, um, I'm an Arsenal fan. Not a bad team. I, I spot yeah, Arsenal as a kid. We're uh, not a very good firm, though. <laughs> <laughs> EIE? 
No, the Gooners were flipping top firm in the 80s. They were the were best, they? They were the best dressers. Wow. We used to look up to them. I don't know about now, but in the 80s, they were a great firm. They had Denton and his brother, and they had loads of Growing very up, multicultural I've, crew. I've, I've just known they're not, you know, in terms of... They bought four the Zulus and, uh, you know, the Millwall guys. Yeah, the Arsenal firm. They were... They were is it EIE? Tasty. Is that what it's called? They were called the herd in those the herd. days. Okay. I don't know who are EIEs. I never heard of that. But they were called the herd, the Gooners. Right. They were they were taster. Well, yeah, I, I remember we we played. I think maybe Galatasaray in a Champions League game. What down and there? Some, some of their fans. No, well, no, uh, in Highbury, one of the, some of their fans just absolutely trashed this um, this pie shop near to the famous pie, famous pie. No, the, the Turks, oh. the Turkish guys did. And that, that's where it gets wrong, I think. Yeah. It's just like, look, it's just someone's business. If you, if, you just, if you decide to meet at a designated area and the only people getting hurt are the people that know they're in, in the game, then is it such a bad thing? And it, all they're coming home with is a few bruises. That takes away the excitement, though, because you know they're going to be there. You know you're, you're going to think, oh, they're going to be there. Right. It's, it's nice, but well, not nice. The excitement was when we used to look, look for them and they used to look for us. Yeah. And any minute yeah. now it could kick off. Any minute it can kick off. That's the adrenaline kicking in, you see. Yeah. When you've got a phone call, yeah, it's 50 of us right around the corner. You know they're there. It's, the adrenaline does kick in, but it's not the same. Right. You're looking for it. And it's you know that it's going sort to, of it's that fear, fear of the factor, fear of the unknown, yeah. Right. That's what, that's all that sort of, all those feelings, you know what I mean? It was just great. But now it's like, we're here at this park, come down here. Right, right, right. I mean, you just go there, you think, oh, they're there, there they are, come on. You, you see the, the videos of it nowadays, it is, it is laughable. <laughs> <laughs> just a few, like, 19-year-old lads that have no... It looks idiotic, man. The culture's gone. Yeah. It's, it's a dead rotting course, to be honest with you. I mean, yeah, maybe. The clothes are still there. I mean, it's nice to get together with the lads, with your young lad, to get together, go to the fort, but to get involved in the violence now, it's a mugs game. Yeah. You're getting three years for throwing a punch. Is it worth it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, three years. Final punch. You don't get, we used to get fined or slap on the wrist, you know, 25 quid final. You get AC for like, you know, six hours AC. Like every other two Saturdays, you do two hours in the attendance centre. You never get bird for it hardly. You get bird if, you do, if you're a prolific football hooligan, then you get bird. But then yeah. towards the late 80s, they started throwing out heavy sentences, didn't you, Margaret Thatcher? Yeah. And then now, if well, you throw a punch, whole, it's three years. It's a unit in the afraid, police now, isn't there? Yeah. Football-related crime. It's, it's, um, a, it's a goose chase now, you know what I mean? Is there... Is, I mean, is there parts of it? Obviously, you've you've changed a lot since yeah. then. Is there? Is there? I, I can. I get the feeling there's parts of it you missed. Though. Yeah, the, the camaraderie, the, the camaraderie, just the, you know, being dressed better than the next person, the camaraderie with your mates having a good laugh, and also the the rooks. Yeah, but it's not the same now because I don't know. I don't know. As you get older, you get wiser, don't you? Think yeah. oh, when you're young, you've got lots of testosterone. You just want to let it all out, don't you? Is there? It, do you have other ways now of sort of? venting or you know is nah, it, is just it just boxing boxing or? yeah hit the bags do a bit of training you yeah. know that's okay because when you get to my age you just hit the bag bam 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 and just you're just tired and you want to go home and go to sleep <laughs> <laughs> that's me done for the week yeah, yeah. you know what I mean so but as you get as you get older your testosterone levels drop yeah by yeah. the time you like because you become less aggressive when you're young you're really aggressive you've got to, you've got to, you know you've got to vent that frustration out of something some people smoke draw just to keep it down and some people just want to get in a cage and fight. You know, I don't know. I don't know what it's like now, so being a young man. Well, you guys are relatively young anyway, so maybe you can enlighten me. Me and James are lucky enough to have a relatively middle class upbringing and not getting in. You're middle class? Not getting in with the wrong crowd. He what, may, your he, tattoos and stuff, you're middle he, class. Yeah, he really? may pretend he's not. He, <laughs> we're, we're, we're from all right backgrounds, you know. 
We we we're not we're not private. School no, we, had, boys, we, had, we had a lot of middle class lads in the hooligan family in the eighties. Yeah, you had guys who were from Oadby and places from even out in the sticks like flipping uh, Hinkley and uh, that one near Oadby. What's that place just outside Oadby? Fleckner, places like yeah, that. Yeah. We had middle class lads come and join us in football. Mm. So you know, who knows, man? Uh, I I don't know. I don't know what gets gets them into it. I, like I say, I, I have I have this sort I of think fighting in general is. Good, that's fun to do. Depends yeah, if you're winning. In a, con- <laughs> in a controlled environment, like getting, kid, getting kids off the street and into boxing, that's yeah. a good thing. Yeah. But getting a kid off the street and into a, a football gang, yeah, no, that's yeah, bad. Yeah, do you yeah, know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, but it, it just... But in terms of like what gets... But why? It's just because it's uncontrolled and things can happen where uh, they'll it, attack an innocent person or someone's livelihoods. Yeah, you can't control three or four hundred lads, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You've got like people who... I mean, I can see some parallels in MMA, especially with McGregor and like the way he acts and like doing stuff that is like throwing that dolly at the bus, smashed all the windows. Now UFC use it in the storyline to promote the fight. And then that's just... Yeah, that's bad. That's bad, that is. Yeah, There's an undertone agree. message yeah. in there. You know, it's acceptable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah right. that, that's, that's awful. Mm. I, I watched that the other day. Yeah, and Habib was just being all humble. Yeah. He can't, he's bro- his English is broken, so he can't really express himself properly. But if he spoke his own language, he could come, yeah, you know well, what I mean? You could just get all, it all out. All, all Habib did was um, speak to that Artem and said, Don't he speak, a, don't, he said, Don't speak my name because he was slagging him off or something. Mm. So they're in a so hotel then, room and he got So Conor McGregor comes over with 30 guys to but what happened New York and throws a yeah, fucking... 30 guys where he can fight one-to-one. Yeah. Yeah. The guy's a joker, man. He's, 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 it's entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. It's for the masses. He, he's, just... he's destined for a wrestling career. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is, uh, is that when you say like what gets them into it now, it's things like that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, it's just idols, isn't it? People need people yeah. need idols. People to like, look up to. Like it's, again, going back to politics, why UKIP is so rubbish now? It's because Farage is in it. Because mm. Farage, he was like a, a figurehead, a personality, and everyone was so you know he's he's a normal guy. You can have a drink with him, you can have a fag with him, uh, but he also is the leader of this party, and they They've did got really well. Baton now, they? Yeah, he's a, and he's a ju- exactly. They, they've changed since Farage left. They've had. Like twenty different leaders, because just mm. none of them can do what Farage did of yeah. just sort of but, charismatic. But Farage was—he played the role of uh, what the public wanted. As soon as he got what he wanted, he left. Yeah, yeah. he's a very clever man. That's, he's a very he now he's changed his. Though, you know, he's changed his tone a bit now because he was at first he was like anti-Muslim. Listen, now he's not. He's like saying no, you can't blame Muslims for this and that. He's changed his. Yeah, I think because he, he, he was just basically a politician. He just wanted to feed what feed on what the people wanted. So he was okay. The, there's a certain element of the society that want this, so I'm going to feed on that. Mm. So when he left UK, we went back to his normal self, as he was. You know, just normal well, he bloke. He takes no responsibility for the mess Brexit is. And it was his thing, where he was Considering he spearheaded yeah, that campaign, you know, years before, we should get out of the EU, and now we are, and it's complete shambles. He's thinking Bob, He's just yeah. like, well, nothing to do with me. It's just like... Maybe he didn't... He probably didn't, he probably didn't think that they were going to get the vote for Brexit. And when I they got the vote for Brexit, he left UKIP. Yeah. He thought, shit, what have I done? It's actually happening. Yeah. Fuck. Now, yeah. you know, if it goes bad, I'm held accountable. Yeah, exactly. Same so. with Boris. Boris just thought... <sighs> I never numbed <numbed> to. <laughs> Boris just <laughs> thought, I'll, I'll, I'll 
fight for the the losing side, but it'll be my way of you know um, it, when it goes wrong when we don't get out of the EU when we stay in the EU and people are still pissed off. That'll be my sort of marketing campaign yeah. to become prime minister. I but think he might get in. Lo and behold, people are so stupid enough to vote yeah, for it. it well, you know, that's another story. Well, that's another politician show. Politics show. Would you um, would you say because it, it's quite clearly nowadays you're quite quite um active in well activism would you say that's that's something that you've got into no that's by accident really yeah i didn't want to get into it because i spoke out against some newspaper for saying that one in five muslims supports isis right and i thought when i saw the headlines i thought what the what is this about i thought no Mm. And the Sun and Daily Mail just spouting out anti-Muslim rhetoric for like 10, 15 years. And mm. the Muslim community weren't really doing nothing about it. Well, they were doing some bits, but they weren't outspoken enough, you get mm-hmm. what I mean? So I talked to Facebook and I didn't have many followers then or whatever. I just talked to Facebook and I thought, you know what? Did it, did it, murder up yours, basically. Mm-hmm. Next thing, that video went like viral. Like I had one and a half million people viewed it and wow. I had thousands of messages of support and something. I thought, okay, maybe I'm onto something here. So then the Syria thing happened where they said bomb Syria and I said don't bomb Syria and I need a million hits on that and I thought okay I am on something here. Then I spoke about the uh, terrorist attacks and that and I got loads of hundreds of thousands of views and a million, couple of million views for the Westminster attack and I thought great but now the algorithms have changed on Facebook. So but, but anyway look so I started carrying doing this and I thought I might as well just do this because I've got a voice now I can voice I don't want to be the representative of the Muslim community but yeah, yeah. there's no one out there that's actually you know voicing an opinion saying Stuff that they'd be heard of is either Andrew Chowdhury or some super liberal lefty flipping, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, whatever you want to call them. It's not, there's no one in the middle. So I thought maybe I can fill that gap. But mm-hmm. it's like, I'm not doing it for, I'm just do you, doing it because it's my own opinion. Do you feel like it's now you're getting those hits and people are sort of not anymore. sending you messages of support well, it, it was initially but do now you think is it, is it a responsibility thing or are you just like no nah. if I see something I'll just speak out against it right if okay. I see it. but the thing is the algorithms on Facebook have changed now so I don't get as many views as I used to okay. I mean I was getting like 100,000 200,000 maybe 50,000 60,000 views on videos and I'm getting like two, 3,000 because mm-hmm. the algorithms have changed so I'm not getting as, my uh, message is not getting as wide as it was right, but okay. now with this book and this play it's sort of gone back out there again Right. Which is good because the play itself is uh, is my life story and how I changed from that to what I am now. And it just it says it's basically, hopefully, it's a message of positivity. I really hope it is. Right. I know people do, you know, take heed that people can change. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't. Not to give too much away because we obviously want people to see it. Um, would would you say it's more just this is a bio, biographical play about my life, or is it? the sort of is there the subtext of there is a political or a some sort of a bit of message. each it's a bit of each there right. is there is the, the the element of politics in there how it was with racism and Enoch Powell and Margaret Thatcher and how it was in the old days and then it's about now as well how it's sort of reverted back to those sort of days but it's targeting the Muslim community and the immigrants mm-hmm. so it has kind of sort of gone full circle if you right. know what I mean but the message itself is this positivity at the end. You can change, you can be better. But I don't want to give too much away. I want them mm-hmm. to come and see it, basically. You know what I mean? Because it is a good play. The actors are doing a fantastic job. Nikolai, Nikolai is doing a, he's a great director. I mean, mm-hmm. he's amazing. I mean, most directors are sort of stush and snotty-nosed. This guy's down to earth. Down, he's on a yeah. level. And he encourages you to 
because I've got a bit, I've got a bit of this, and I'm shitting. It. I don't want to actually come on stage. I'm thinking, oh my days, I've got to go on stage, and I'm like, it's your first ever bit of acting you've done. No, I did uh, ID two, but that was fighting the EDL, which is right, easier. Okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? That's yeah, that's yeah. easy because that's not like you're not. You're not, you're, not, you're not in front of live audience. Right, right, right. You're not in front of a camera. There's people there all doing the same thing. So that was that was great. But when you actually go in front of a live audience, you can't make mistakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't fluff your lines. Yeah, you can't. Because they, they can't go, cut, start again. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You have to do it perfectly. So it's really, really difficult. So these two lads are playing me and my brother and playing other multiple characters in the, in the play. They're doing a great job. I don't know how to do it. Yeah. I don't know if they take a line of cocaine before they're flipping the flipping wise words because they seem to be known. That, how do you remember so many words? Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. It is mad. Uh, you know, fair play props to, to them yeah. because not a lot of them will ever be able to make a full-time career out of it either. But hmm. you know, it's 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 a especially it's Asian a hard actors profession. these days. I mean, there's not many Asian actors out. There. I mean, the roles they get nowadays are either the terrorist. Yeah. The taxi driver or the flipping corner shop owner. <laughs> the, yeah. Or the doctor yeah. in the hospital. Yeah. The, 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 their roles are limited. Uh-huh. So these two lads that are playing me and my brother, hopefully they'll get better roles. I mean, they should get leading roles. I mean, there should be a film as an Asian actor, Riz Ahmed, for example. Mm-hmm. He's had a few couple of leading roles, but his, some of his roles have been like, what, the terrorist? Yeah, four lines. The drug terrorist. dealer? Yeah. Even that reluctant terrorist, the reluctant thing. Yeah, even the HBO one, he's a taxi driver, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, that film with the night crawler, it was called. Yeah, he was a taxi yeah, driver, isn't that? Yeah, yeah. Also, um, he was. Uh, what was that film called? Oh, my head's gone now, I can't remember. That film was the night, no, no, in the, in the middle of the night, what it was called, something like. Of the night or something. Of the night. The HBO one, yeah. Yeah, HBO one, yeah, he was yeah. a taxi driver, that's what yeah. I said. He was also, I think, a um, taxi driver for night crawler. Yeah. And also he was a uh, Four Lines or another film, The Reluctant Fundamentalist. He was a terrorist in that. Oh, I've not seen that one. Good film. Yeah. But he wasn't a lead character in it. Well, he was kind of co, co-lead. But there's got to be a film where the, the Asian actor has to be the superhero, the main, yeah, yeah, you know, just, like, just like Bruce Willis or, being, you know, The Rock. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Will there ever be a role like that, apart from Bollywood? But would there be anything in Hollywood like that where the Asian guy is the actual, you know, I don't know. It's. I think. I feel like we're not. We're not there yet. No. But not for many years. Yeah. It, it, you got the black guy being the lead character, the lead. You know, the hero. But you know, got the Asian guy doing the Indian guy or the guy from the subcontinent being it. So, how how did the the transition from it being a book to the play? How did that pan out? Did was that through work of your own? Did someone approach you and go, "I love it. I want to turn it yep. into a play." Exactly. Someone called Dougal Irvin, who works at the curb, he does plays and stuff. Mm-hmm. He read the book and he thought, this is a Leicester story here. Mm-hmm. So he approached me on Facebook, messaged me last, early last, late last year. I said, I want to do a play. Da-da-da-da-da. I said, yeah, go on then. Why not? Because I'm going to lose it for you. Because I've had all these promises before and I thought, I promised him one of these promises. Because mm-hmm. I promised the film, I promised this and that. It never came about. Mm-hmm. So I goes, yeah, go ahead, do what you got to do. And then he came back within a couple of months later with his scripts and I thought, I read it and I thought, yeah, yeah, I like this. It's, it's like the book. Near, okay, there's one or two bits of theatrical, mm-hmm. but it's just like the book. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, it's great. Did he get you to script edit? Or? No, I just looked at it and said, okay, yeah, I did some bits and bobs, changed some bits. No, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. Mm-hmm. This will happen, this will happen. And then he stuck to it and gave it to Nikolai. Nikolai's done a great job. I'm not, there's one or two things which I'm a bit niggly about some of the music and I thought I didn't listen to that I didn't like that song for example I didn't, mm. I didn't do that 
what they're saying in the plays. I'm not going to give too much away. There's one or two scenes which I thought, okay, that wasn't me, but all right, fine. You know what I mean? I can live with it. It's, fe- it's theatre. Mm-hmm. You know, they dramatise things, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, that's, you know. Yeah. Like films, they dramatise. Well, not like every viewer's going to go in thinking, oh, this is exactly... No, well, my mates were seeing, hold on, Riaz didn't do that. (laughs) (laughs) My family might go, hold on, did did my dad do that? Did my husband do that? Did he do that? Did my uncle say, no, I didn't do that, it's just theatre, you know what I mean? So, I mean, like you mentioned the film, do you think that'll ever happen? There's a script being written right right now, because there was a guy who came, approached me a few years ago, he wrote a script for the book, from the book, he showed me the script, and it was shit. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh my God, even my wife read it. Thought, this is horrendous. It had nothing to do with my life. There was three characters in there, four or five, four characters, no, sorry, five characters in there. And now, this was supposed to be based on your book? Yeah, five characters that were, there, that were from my family, but the story was completely different. You know, I was a gangster, I did MMA, I went out shooting people, I was a drug <laughs> dealer. I, was, I thought, what the hell is this story? This ain't me. Yeah. But the guy goes, no, it's this, this, and he tried to, and he didn't convince me. I was like, okay, okay, just go with it. And thank God I've managed to pull out of that deal because the story was terrible. Yeah, yeah. And it's still... No one's actually um, took his story on board and made it into a film because that's how crap it was. Right. Do you know what I mean? Was it just something you wouldn't want to attach your name to? No chance. I didn't want my name to be associated with it at all. I was, I was in a rut because I already signed sort of a deal with him and I managed to get out of it. Right. Thank God. Omar Jalili, yeah. he got me out of it. So I, the guy just said, okay, I, I, uh, I let you go, basically. Because he tried to tie me in for a 20-year deal. Jesus. You know, anything that I made from the book and I made it into a film, he was, he had a, he was like, controlling. I thought, nah, man, I got out of it. So now he's got a young guy from Demontville University. Well, he's not young, he's old. From Demontville University is now writing a script, and it's just like the book. And I'm wow. happy with it, yeah. What, there was the, one two bits. Is he the lecturer or is he a lecturer, student? yeah. He's a lecturer. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah, he's a lecturer. So, you know, he's done a real good job with it. to ask um, I wanted to ask about because just doing my shoddy background research I've seen that you talk about after the casual life did a small stint in jail probably didn't feel small. that was during the casual, casual right okay thing. so you because I know a sort of a cliche story is people find religion when they're in jail isn't it yeah I didn't <laughs> and, I found it after the rave scene because I because of what happened in that football, they got too violent in the Hillsborough disaster. And then the rave scene came on just as the Hillsborough disaster happened. The rave scene started sweeping the country. Mm-hmm. So our little gang, about 15, 20 of us, not even that, probably 10 of us, just jumped on this rave scene. Mm-hmm. Started necking ease and taking acid tabs. Was it a big thing in Leicester? Or was it you having Initially to go it to so it just Manchester? We had to go out of town to Coventry, right. Nottingham, going to fields in the middle of nowhere, warehouses. It didn't really kick off. It kind of happened in Leicester, but it took about a year. Yeah. But then, you know, it wasn't the same as going to, like, you know, places like in Nottingham or Birmingham with their massive warehouses mm-hmm. and, you know, raves all night. Leicester, really, to be on Leicester, 
Now, I think it happened a couple of years later in Leicester, but then I, I, that's when I started getting a bit hoo cuckoo, you know what I mean? So I, I was doing this rave scene for about two years, you know, and it was the music and stuff, and what happened was basically the football vines got a bit too much. It was just, you get older and you think, oh, I don't want to do this all. Yeah, so how long am I going to do this for? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, this can't last. Yeah, and the, then the foot, and the plus about the heavy the CCTV cameras and the heavy sentences and this and that. And the rave scene come on, we just jumped on that straight away. Mm-hmm. We thought, F this. So we started dressing down. The style started getting a bit hippie. Yeah, yeah. Growing a hair long and just dancing, necking, you know, taking drugs and smoking drawer and just listen to house music. And that's much better at that time. Even though the buzz was artificial, mm-hmm. it was much better. But with artificial buzz, buzzes, what happens is because chemicals start messing around with your psyche. Mm-hmm. So after about a year and a half of doing that, two years of doing that, I started, I, because I took a... Was that because you're doing it a, just too much or... I took an acetab which was triple dipped in uh, Amsterdam, yeah. triple dipped. Yeah. And it set me a bit paranoid. Right. So what happened was, it was, I couldn't handle it, I couldn't get out of it. It took me about six hours to get out of the bleeding thing, it done my head in. Mm-hmm. And I just could not... I wasn't with the people I was... When I'm with my mates and I was taking drugs, I was cool. Mm-hmm. But I was with people I didn't really know. Yeah. So when I took it, I got paranoid and I didn't like it. You know what I mean? It made me feel so... Like I was at school again. You know, that sort of feels of insecurity. So from that instance, anything I took after that, that paranoia would come back again. Because right. that acid tab sort of scarred it's me. It's a bad trip. It's yeah, it scarred me. for life now. Yeah, well, not that's all right now because I don't take drugs anymore. Right. But if I did, I think I'd probably get back to... And... Um, Basically, it scarred me. It scarred me at that period, and I thought, you know what? And I started. Any drug I took, I got paranoid. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If I took ease, I got paro. If I took an acid tablet, I'd get paro. If I smoked draw after a few spiffs, I'd get paranoid. Mm-hmm. So it was getting bad for me. It wasn't good. So I, my friends saw this. The guys, I and they thought he's he's gone weird. You know, he's a weirdo now. So mm-hmm. they sort of left me in the lurch. You know what I mean? So I was, yeah. there was a couple of lads that still came to see me, hung around me. You know, I can't you know knock them for that. But the majority of the lads I was with, they sort of broke away from me. They started doing their own thing. And next thing the word got around and said, Riaz is not the same person as he used to be. So um, I was on my own. Mm. It's like I'm back at school again. I was on my own. What sort of age are you at this point? Uh, 26, I believe. Okay. A little bit younger than you. Yeah. And uh, for about two years, no, about 25. Just turned 25, yeah. For about two years, I was in this dark hole. I couldn't get out of it. I had no job, no birds. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I couldn't pull a bird. Yeah. Because of this flipping thing, and no one wanted to know. I was, my dress sense had gone downhill. My hair was falling out, you know what I mean? I was going bold. So it was a dark thing. And my friends who were hanging around from the estate were just Indian lads. And I really had nothing in common with them because all I wanted to do was sit in the booze and drinking beer. Yeah. You know, just, it was, life had gone rock bottom, literally rock bottom. I was right at the bottom, and I thought, I got, it was really depressing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? A lot of things happened in my family as well at the same time. So, Having a bad trip and things happening in my in my personal life, it just had an effect. Bang, you know what I mean? Yeah. It took about two years to get. Eventually, I got out of it through religion because some guy kept knocking on my door and kept asking me, "Come to mosque, come to the mosque." I was like, "Nah, get out of it." Then one day I let him in and I listened to what he said, and and he made sense to me at that time because I was really at a real sort of real bad point in my life. Do you know what I mean? So I embraced Islam. I wasn't a Muslim, man. I never was a Muslim. Even as a kid, so with your parents, they not sort of try and raise you. It down my throat. Right. But you just sort of, because of that, forcing it into you, you just rejected it. I rejected it. And then I embraced it, which was bizarre. And I stopped taking drugs. I stopped drinking alcohol. 
stopped doing loads of things which were harmful to me and I became, I became, I sort of got out of it, eventually got out of it. It took a little time, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, it took a little time and I got out of it. It took a good, you know, three, four years to get out of it and I did. Yeah. You know what I mean? I got out of it and I'm kind of feel clean, I feel better for myself, you know what I mean? I, then I got married, got a degree, got a master's degree, got a decent job, got kids, you know, and I haven't looked back then. But sometimes when I see my old friends who I used to hang around with, those feelings do come back a little bit. You think, are they going to look at me as I was 20 odd years ago? Yeah, yeah. But they don't, you know what I mean? So I need to be more comfortable around. I am much more comfortable around them. But at the, there was a period of time when I couldn't chill with them because I thought they're going to take the piss out of me or they're going to do this. They're going to be a bad influence. Yeah, so I sort of walked away from them. But I see them every now and then. They're all right, they're cool. Right. You know what I mean? The, I mean, probably not so that you're comfortable talking about it, but you not sometimes see some of the old lads and you think, in it time you grew up a bit guys Do you know no they're alright they've all grown up they've got good jobs right. they've got family so is your so you mentioned earlier that you do do a lot of speaks in schools is that sort of uh, a Leicester only thing because you no I there? went to a place called Runcorn up north in Liverpool right and there was a it's probably the most poorest area in the whole of England the most deprived area this little estate uh-huh. in the middle of Runcorn I forgot the name of the estate now and it was the most deprived area in the whole of England. I gave a talk there to these young white kids. Yeah. Or I don't know what you, I don't know what you call them. Yeah, white. Yeah, I suppose you call them white, yeah. I don't know what to call them. Is that the right word? Yeah. Yeah, yeah young white kids. It's a pretty... pretty. Yeah, because when you, when you get arrested, what's the description of this guy who's white? You know what I mean? <laughs> or he's black. You know, yeah. you say that, so it's not a racist term. But yeah, so I gave... I talked to these white kids, and there was like 30 of them in this, in this, in this little place where I was doing, like a community hall. So I do go out of town, go to Nottingham, I went there and I went to, where else did I do it? I did it in Luton. So I have done it in places out of Leicester. Right, okay. It depends if someone calls and yeah, do you fancy doing this? I say, yeah, all right, give me this much money, great, yeah. Boom. How, how do you find the time to, because you, you're a lecturer. So it's lecturing part-time and then obviously... I work out of college part-time, so I prefer that. I don't want to work full-time because it does my head in. Right, fair enough. Because I want the free time to do things. Yeah. I don't have that free time when I'm stuck in a rut. So if, if you were to, let's say... Uh, Introducing yourself to someone, uh, what do you do? What, what what comes first? Activist, playwright, lecturer? <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm an activist. I'll say a uh, college teacher. Right, okay. Author comes after that and then that's it. Just college, college teacher and author. Fair enough. You know what I mean? I don't like to use the word of activist because I'm not really active. I just do my own thing. Right, but okay. But these football lads against fascism, maybe I might become more active. Maybe. Let's see how, which direction they take us. If it's in the right direction, I might become. If you right. feel it's necessary, I, if who knows what's going to happen with that? Because I, 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 I do. I don't know. It's hard to know who, how much of it. I mean, you may know more than me, but the media will spin things to. It's a, it's only a, a small crowd, or it's actually a huge crowd. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. you, I can never really work out. Mm. Are they the ones winning? Because there's always a counter protest as well, sort of. Yeah. Uh, they're from the unwashed yeah the unwashed <laughs> the liberal, they call them yeah, yeah the liberal lefties yeah so they're, like, they're trying their best but they're, they're kind of to be honest with you they're just, they're just the same as the other guys it's different on a different on a different scope they're, right okay they're saying you can't do this you can't do that they're like not fascists as well If in a sense there has to be a balance in between right You because they say you can't tell you that you can't. They're, like, they're stifling freedom of speech like you right. can't do this you can't do that and they're also on that side they're peddling hatred by using freedom of speech, mm-hmm. so you need a balance in between. There has to be a line drawn. That's your. It, I, I think I've seen you on uh, one of your posts. Of it's 
it ain't about left, it ain't about right. It's just extreme on both sides. Yeah. That's what I'm against, sort of yeah. thing. That's what we're against. You know, all of us. Are, hopefully, there'll be a few thousand of us on this march on October 30th. I really but hope so. Do you, do you think? Do you think there's anything dangerous coming from the extreme left in terms of censoring free speech? You know, you know, let's, if they had their way, would, would you be worried about something they'd implement? Whereas something on the extreme right, if they did have their way, there'd be, uh, you know, yeah, no probably, blacks, probably, no Muslims. Probably, I don't know. See, see with the extreme left, they're probably too, too liberal, maybe, I don't know. They're, but they don't allow certain things to be said. Mm-hmm. They can't question just, it. I mean, I've got a, a, mate, right that a mate of mine mentioned that the problem with a lot of the extreme left is they just shut down yeah. any any racist. Op- they, yeah, <laughs> they shut down any opinion that isn't their own. Yeah. Well, you know, that's, the, a fa- that's a form of fascism. The backlash of that is these people now because they can't say it openly because someone's shutting them down. Yeah. Um, they will find it on these weird websites and the fringes and that's yeah. how they get into extremism yeah. because Absolutely. because no one's actually sort of conversing with them going you know I have a different opinion to you there's nothing wrong with different opinions we're, we're living in a democracy yeah we can't, if everybody's the same it's boring yeah yeah. if everybody's the same it's boring they have to have different opinions I mean that's how we but we should come together on common ground mm. come together on common ground have your difference of opinion but don't force your opinions on peop- other people mm-hmm. have debates but have it on a level. Be, be, you know, be good about it. Don't be aggressive about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a difficult one because it it, it, it's such a blurred line of are you shutting down free speech or are you actually stopping someone from inciting racial hatred? Because there's, there's so many ways you, on either side you can sort of work around that of you know, I'm, not, I, I'm not shutting down your opinion. I'm just I'm stopping you because what you're saying is racist or Islamophobic or homophobic or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Mm. It's, it's, it is a difficult one. And it is. It, but, you know, nothing simple. I think people on both sides seem to think there's some very simple solution to all these issues going on. It's no. like, no, this is going to take a lot of time. A lot of time. Um, anyway. Great. I think we, let's leave it at that. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks for coming nice down. Nice one. Thanks enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. Um, you got any shout-outs? Anything you want to say before shout we log out to off? FLAF. Let's do this big time. FLAF. Yeah, uh, <laughs> anyway, cheers, guys. Thanks for listening. Yeah.